This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Series 8, episode 25. This particular week, it's a Wednesday morning. I look across the desk and you're across the way, Hachi, in person. Good morning. Oh, it's going to be a tough morning for me this morning, Damo, trying to keep you under control on the state government and the Herald Sun's coverage and the Commonwealth Games and you know, where Minnie Me fits in all this, if he does. This is going to be interesting. So, good morning to you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Do, you want to, uh, do we want to start with the Commonwealth Games and the debacle that is, or we want to go somewhere a little bit lighter to uh, just ease into our little 40-minute chat today? I can't imagine you're not frothing at the mouth on this. Ah. Uh... Let's ease in with something else, I reckon. We, we, what about the relevance deprivation thing we flagged last week? And in, I think it was in question time of yep. our show last we did. week. Yeah, so and you- I flagged that the, the number one person with relevance deprivation, and, and always will be since he stopped being Premier of this state, is Jeff Kennett. And lo and behold, Hutchie, up have, he bobs. Have you got this, the opener? I've asked for this as, an, as a stinger. Remember me. Relevance deprivation's been on my mind a bit for the sound. Well, there's a few that's bobbing their heads up. It's got relevance deprivation. Remember me, me, me. me. <laughs> Is that up there with the uh, glass jaw stinger? <laughs> Jay's putting some, together some nice stingers for this show. So you're referring to him weighing in on the Stuart Jew situation in the Gold Coast Suns. He's, yep. He texted who he calls the puffer fish, Mark Evans. Yeah. Who he? Who he? Um... Well, he's got a hotline in there, old son. He writes a column for them, yep. and he and he um he but regularly displays his hypocrisy in his own. Column no, of his own byline. Not. No, no, no. It's what he does exactly, Hutchie. And then he then also has got a hotline into the sports department through a certain other contact he's got there. And Who's this guy there? Uh, one of those blokes in there. You oh. know, launched the book with him, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, so so this is a guy who, who paid as chair of the football club he was once at, the Hawthorne Footy Club, paid the club, Alistair Clarkson, close to $1 million to not coach in 2022. Paid, just, just dead money. Just paid that money. Destroyed basically forever a relationship that club has had with Alistair Clarkson, who won them four flags, was chairperson of a, I would use the word, botched investigation into racism at the club with ongoing problems with that. And he's there then daring to have an opinion on what another football club has done with its handling of its own coaching situation. This is a quote in the Herald Sun. I've always found Stewie the most endearing character. He has very, very good values, Kenneth said. He was a part of our flock and brought great credit to our club. And then uh, in the article, Kenneth fired off a second text to Suns Chief Executive Mark Evans, Hawthorne's 2008 Football Operations Manager. The tone was not so sympathetic. When I heard the puffer fish, Mark Evans, say last week that Stewie was contracted for two years, I accepted that in good faith and was pleased that he was going to be given the opportunity to build on what he had invested in to date. I took Mark Evans at his work and was profoundly disappointed to find that what he had said had no merit. I told Mark that he should consider his own position. How do you line that up with the debacle that Kennett oversaw regularly at Hawthorne yeah, well, in the latter years? Okay. So not to, look, I think he's good for footy. He's got relevance deprivation. Perhaps, a, perhaps a little. But I think he's always been his so own. you're conceding that. He's always been his own person. Mm. He has his own views. He's had them in good times and in bad. He's never changed that he's always up front with what he thinks and it's feels. It's just that the views he's got... And, are hypocritical well, to what yeah. he wants everyone else to carry on with. But do you know anyone who hasn't made a mistake in life? Like no, it's, I don't. Yeah, so that, just because you make a mistake, if you if you perceive the Hawthorne handover as a mistake, um, 
Well, on that basis, he should have stood down himself and also Justin Reeves should have left the club long before he did for other reasons. I don't know why we have this um, demand as as a society that when you make a mistake, you can never... You can never go back on it. You never, you never entitled to an opinion. You're big again. on that, aren't you? In terms of yeah, and, and I, I get that too. So, I would, so let's talk about Hawthorne. It, it is beyond doubt that they made the right decision bringing Sam Mitchell in to replace Alistair Clarkson. In the time frame they did, the handling of it, the, the timing of it, of it yeah. the rollout of it, yeah. lots of errors and mistakes along the way. Yeah. But the right thing happened in the end. Okay, I, I will concede that. And, yep. I, and I wasn't disagreeing with that when it unfolded. Yep. What I will disagree with is how people and football clubs and Jeff Kennett choose to handle the individuals at the centre of these decisions. Yeah, but it's not easy, right? It's not an easy thing to do. It's, not, it's played out in public time, real time. There's emotion involved. There's no manual for some of these things. And you get some things wrong along the way. Hmm. Just if you use the Dan Andrews example, and I know we're about to get this as well, if you make a bad decision, which uh, you'd be the judge of whether the Commonwealth Games originally was a bad decision or a good decision. Let's right? move it into this topic now. Yep. But, but if you make a bad call, you can't be stubborn then to – if you think it's a bad call and you, or you learn later on it's a bad call, you can't go, oh, well, you know, this is going to be $7 billion and going to be a train wreck, but I made the decision back in 21 and I'm yeah. – I get that. But you can't he, make a. But, you, okay, he, in his, life you should be able to. You've been entitled to unwind yeah. a bad decision his, if you if you think you made a bad one. His hypocrisy at play. He's he's prepared to just tear up billions of dollars, and and you know the number is billions of dollars on on plans to build whatever it is he's doing at the moment with roads that seem to go nowhere in this state. He's prepared to just abandon those plans to the tunes of billions, to not actually do them, but to pay for the right to not build them. And then you line it up with what he – I don't believe in what he says, and I don't believe that the number is $7 billion, which he flagged could be the possibility. So there's a hypocrisy at play there. He, he, he sought the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. He but, wasn't doing them a favour. He we'll, sought them. And we'll move on to this uh, media narrative on the Commonwealth Games quickly. But just, yep. to, just to wrap that in a bow, okay, I'm a big believer in if you make a mistake – well, it's a, it's a bigger one not to reverse it sometimes. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that, Hutchie. I don't I have do. any problem with St Kilda going, you know what, we thought Brett Ratton was the guy at the time. Six months later, we no longer think he is. Our bad, we're moving on. Hmm. I, I, but how many how many opportunities the media, do you get to, to, to rectify your decisions? And this not, is also my no, point. You're, you're, playing with, you're not playing with a lot of chips on the table after you no. unwind one like that. Yeah. But the media narrative and is And you may often, not survive that one alone. The media narrative never lets you unwind your opinion. But that's okay. That's called accountability, Hutchie. That, that, that is called accountability. You have to be accountable for decisions. You're accountable for everything you say into that microphone. You're yep. accountable for every decision you make in a business that is now on the ASX. You, yep. you know how that works. Yeah. I don't need to tell you that. And, and you're how to account. And sometimes you do make a mistake and you have to put your hand up and go, well, that wasn't, that wasn't a good decision at the time. And yeah. Oh, I've learned more since. But you're allowed to hold to account and you're allowed to question the decision that was made. I, I, got, I don't want back away from that. I do hear what you're saying. Yep. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I, we I, should I, move on. Yeah, hear, hear let's move on. Um, look, there's two ways to look. Oh, sorry. There's, there's, there's multi-layers to look at what happened with the Commonwealth Games. I, I agree with you. If it's going to be too expensive, you have to walk away from it. I don't believe for a second the number that he's attached to it. Like the budgeting that was as, as recent as June, having it at 2.4 or 5. I'm using broad numbers here. Yep. And then yesterday to, to then publicly say that it could be as high as $7 billion. I mean... Okay, here's the accountability to that. Who put those numbers out there in the first place? And surely they need to be critiqued as heavily yep. as everyone. Daniel Andrews pitching to the Commonwealth Games. Now, I don't know sure how many bidders there were. There probably weren't too many. But he still pitched for them, got them, put his chest out and said it was a great boon for Victoria, the state of Victoria, to get them. Chose 
against a lot of better wishes to take it to the regional areas. Again, for reasons that I understand, Hutchie, and, the, and was supportive of, because let's give the regional areas some support in this tough economic climate and, and tough ways. Having said that, there's a lot of infrastructure in town, which worked pretty well in 2006 and worked pretty well pretty, full stop. And then just walk away from it. And, and without an apology to the people who are most affected, that being the, the athletes, and just move on as though nothing ha- nothing's happened. It was like an episode of Utopia yesterday, wasn't it? You like Utopia? It was like you and Spin City. It was it, That was you standing up there yesterday. The, the strategy was rip the bandit off hard, wasn't it? So he, they, their media strategy was, okay, there's no easy way out of this. If we're going to unwind this, people are going to dislike us and go for us anyway. Let's do it all in one go. So the point where he did it mid-negotiations, hmm. he hadn't told anyone, the Commonwealth Games Association- About Eight hours notice. He just went, we're out, this is how it is. Yep. Band-Aid off. It was the media, it was the biggest ripper band-aid of media moment I can remember in a long time. Here we go. That's everything. Any questions? Um, what it did illustrate to me was his own view, and I think rightly, that he's got the political capital to burn a bit of it on this. Yeah. Like, yeah. How many other premiers would have been in a position where they wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been worried about their role or their job mm. by doing that? Not many. I don't think anyone in Australia, no. including the Prime Minister, no. who would have been able to think, you know what? I'm not going around again anyway. Yeah. I've had a good run <laughs> and we can't be doing this. And so yeah. there it is. Yeah. And whether he was buying a bit of cover for his potential successes in the future when he leaves, because it, the the common view is he's not there for the long haul. I don't know whether he is yep. or isn't, but I don't think he'd be doing it for anyone um, other than himself, Hutchie, By the way, but because that's how he operates. But we'll just move on from that bit. And, and it was a and it was obviously announced at a time when the, I'm, I'm very passionate about regional Victoria, as you know. And yeah. our business began there, and I'm from there, so I'm devastated for regional Victoria. And and it's um, it deserves an event like this. But if you if you stack up the economics as they were laid out yesterday, you couldn't dispute that it's... No, but you could have probably done a little bit digger, uh, deeper digging when you first pitched for it and said it was going to yeah, cost well, $2.5 and then to, to put stadiums that didn't exist and then hide it behind housing. Look, he moves money around in other portfolios. He clearly couldn't move enough around in, in this particular pursuit of the Commonwealth Games without it being exposed, so he's decided to uh, well, parachute yeah, I out. I mean, two, two years ago, there, there were a lot of strategic political announcements being made and then how to do it was being retrofit to that announcement, right? Very much like there was a, there yep. was a period of let's stimulate, let's announce something, and yep. let's get it going. And, and now the cash is dried up. And now the, the world's got it real. We've got a hundred billion dollar debt as a state. Yeah, we've got the suburban rail link that's not going to be ready till twenty thirty five. Does it thirty billion or something? Twenty five billion? Oh. Just just keep adding dozens of billions, and we will never get that that railway. We've, got an interest we've, rate. we've been talking about yeah. our entire lifeline. We're the only city, major city in the world that doesn't have a railway line. We still won't have one, but yeah. And we're paying ten million a day interest as a state, and money's got more expensive. Five or six percent, or whatever it is now. So, like, it's mm. you can understand, you can understand. I get the economics of it, absolutely. The yeah. deal, reg- I clearly had deal regret. And there's another element too. I don't think when, the councils were ever really fully aligned. By the way, they're running into roadblocks in those towns yeah, everywhere. And you'd know, you'd have exposure yep. to that. There's the perception or the commentary now being made that on the on the world stage, and 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 we think the world looks at us. We, we think world the world care. looks at us, even when the Grand Prix comes in town. And yep. oh, imagine how the New Yorkers are going to. They New Yorkers wouldn't even know the race is on. So we ha- we run a good event. Don't get me wrong. That Grand Prix and the tennis open, amazing. And, and we like to think we're the world capital of of sport, and we can you know pat ourselves yep. on the back. And there's an element, there's an argument to mount somewhere, but let's face it, we're, we're a backwater, always will be. Yep. Hey, Danny Andrews has made a decision against the Commonwealth Games Association 
that is not going to have one dent no. in the reputation uh, that, that may or may not exist anyway. No. But, but it would have if it was the Grand Prix treated that way. It oh, would yeah. have if it was the, the Tennis Federation yep. being treated that way. But he's made that decision, to your point. Just take the Band-Aid off now, cop uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, make no commentary before it. Make no commentary after it. Yep. And there's another element to this story. The relationship that he, he clearly has with media, it's always on his terms and, and people throw the toys out of the cot with it and they don't have the access to premiers with leaking and, and backgrounding that once existed. And that's fine. That happens in footy clubs too. But the fact that no media outlet knew what was going on until about half an hour before it happened, only because there was an announcement, Dan Andrews will speak at 9.30, yep. and it was only in that, let's go with 45 minutes prior to the official start time to that media conference that... People got wind of the story. I mean, it, it's genius the way it was all done and just dumped on the public at that time frame. Yep. And the, we that, saw, that, that aspect of it was genius. And we saw the background nodder. Did you see the background nodder? <laughs> well, you sent it to me. I mean, <laughs> I, I sometimes think and tell people you are the busiest person in the world and then you've still got time. I no. love it. I love it because I wouldn't have seen it. You sent me a 45-second video of a background nodder. No, you needed people <laughs> nodding in the background for the announcement. So and take it. us through that for people who haven't seen the background nodder. Well- you're not going to stand. He's, he's in a park. The location was interesting. He was in a sort of a park or in front of a rotunda or something. Like it wasn't. It didn't have the official state government backdrop or right. Spring Street. It was very much, you know, urban feel, suburban feel. Okay. And then there was a, a cast of others who had commentary on their specific areas, which is one of his tactics, by the way, for a bit more detail on what we're going to do in housing, introducing so and so for a bit more detail on what we're going to do in. And then you got the, a range of um, background nodders. Which is like people not along. Good point, Dan, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I look. I always look for the background nodders in these things. And there was background nodders of plenty of stuff. Was hey, the, did I see Jerome? Uh, what's his name? Weinmar. Yeah. Yeah, hadn't seen or heard or much of him, but we knew that he had the job at the Commonwealth Games on the the very cushy public service way that people from former jobs in public service I get another good job in public. So he was he was one of the nodders too, wasn't he? I, I hadn't com- uh, computed in my head the transition from the health spokesman that he in essence was to the Com Games gig, but there you go. Yeah. But anyway, what I am pleased about it on a serious note is that the legacy stuff in regional towns will continue. So the housing in the Benigo oh, and yeah, Ballarat yeah. and Geelong. Oh, of course it will, yeah. You, you believe that, do you? It was $2 billion commitment, wasn't it? No, so, well, let's see it unfold. When, how's that going to look? Are they going to turn the regional, first sod of soil on that tomorrow? Regional, or? regional Victoria needs all, oh, I know it needs all the it. support and help it can that get. Was just his, um, it's too often overlooked. All right, can you can you then, because you do have connections in that in those areas, can you tell me when they start doing that housing he's yeah. committed to yesterday as a result of not spending no, money I'm, on I'm the certain, Games? I'm certain that will happen. And that's Can you tell me when they do? Yes. Because I don't think it'll be soon, Hutchie. And I'm, I'm going to hold this hey, one to um, account too. Hey, before we move right off it, and I know we've... One more thing on it. One more thing on it. I've got an idea for you. You know I haven't got a business bone in my body. I've got an idea for you. You could be the Commonwealth Games... Saviour, you personally, because you've got connections in multiple countries now that have Commonwealth allegiances. I'm talking New Zealand mainly, Hutchie. Could you, could you mount a case to, to, to retrieve this Commonwealth Games debacle, go to your friends in New Zealand, and even you've got relationships in Tassie. I know it's Australia, but has the Tassie government ruled itself out of this yet? I can't imagine it wanting to go down this so path given it's about to be a stadium, but, but who knows? Any, do you know anyone with this kind of money? No. <laughs> no. It, it, it's, a, it's an existing infrastructure Commonwealth Games from here if it gets up, right? Oh, absolutely yeah. it is, yeah. But I would imagine, well, New Zealand's held Commonwealth Games. I think it's in real trouble, the Commonwealth Games. So you're not going to bother? Yeah. No. I, I think I think it's a, it's a tough thing. Well, that's the other issue, it's too. It's a tough sell from here. It, it, the, the, this yep. might be the death knell for what it. Did, what did you think of, can you imagine the Herald Sun, right? They have the morning meeting at 9 o'clock. Morning, um, 
morning prayers or whatever they call it, have the meeting in the conference room. Everyone comes in, although 80% of the staff Zoom in now because no one turns up to work anymore. Morning prayers. And, and, and then someone has come in at 9 o'clock and said, Dan Andrews got a press Dan, conference. There's a Dan Andrews watch uh, beat. Yeah. The, the journalist in question, I've forgotten his name, but they've appointed someone full-time Dan takedown. <laughs> and anyone got anything? They're about 10 minutes into the meeting, 9, 10, and, oh, look, with someone, there's, a, there's an opposition spokesman reckons he's got something out, Ferntree Gully way that we can table. And, and then someone walks in and says, hey, wait a minute. Anyone here in this whisper about the Com Games being off? What? <laughs> what? Bring the whole building in. I reckon the car park attendant got called in. I reckon the front desk reception got ta- top taking calls. All hands on deck. We got the greatest free hit we've ever had. He, he pulled, not only has he pulled our spin, he's pulled the state spin on the Com Games. Let's go. If that isn't if that isn't now or Christmas in the Herald Sun, <laughs> what an opportunity! How many more angles do you reckon? How many people like this morning they the journalists get to work, righto? Yep. We need to find everyone who's lost out here. <laughs> You're going to Bendigo. You're going and, to Ballarat. How many people are actually? And, how many journalists right now are sitting in cars, <laughs> driving to regional towns, podcasting us, yeah. who've been sent in explicitly to find a Dan hit per town from here? Actually, just on that, <laughs> I'm as passionate as anyone about, as you can be, about the Commonwealth Games sports. So I know there's that school sports analogy they've always had, but they've always been a big part of Australia's lives. I mean, we grew up with the Rob DeCostello moment yep. in in Brisbane, didn't we? I mean, that was at an age and stage for a lot of us. I mean, Kathy Freeman won her first major. There's amazing stories regularly. This is the unfortunate outcome of of this, though, when it's all said and done. And we, and we joke about it, but ultimately, it's, it's as much joke. as you say, the, yeah. the outrage attached to it, everyone has got to move on as of today and, and not yeah. care no, as much and as... And I don't, don't mistake no. my humour for uh, lack of care. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, devastated for the lack for the those that were about to benefit from this in their towns. Yep. Speaking of the Herald Sun, before we move on. See, you, this is what you do. You raise it, you then just goad me into it, you put a bait out there with a with a hook, big hook on it, and you, know you, I have. you, you reel it in and I eventually bite on it. Now, you've already... You know, I have, you know I have spies. <laughs> yeah, it's too many for my liking, but yes. I've got a whole army of user-generated demo social paps out there who send me pictures of you in public oh, environments, no. right? No. <laughs> I don't go out much. And by the way, um, keep them coming. So <laughs> I don't go out much, though. Yeah, so for, the, this re- for this reason, actually. <laughs> now, a photo was sent to me of you, Damo. Is this last night, maybe? Last night. Yeah, okay. At the <laughs> I was old, out last night. Old school Sun slash Herald Sun uh, reporters reunion dinner. Well, it's even, it's even more specific than that, Hutch. It's a, it was a region or a part of the office that I once was very proud to be part of. So, you, so you've been photographed... Perhaps a little bit reluctantly, to be fair, at the end of the said. No, I actually got, I got some of this gathering going many, many years ago. And I didn't organise last night's event. Daryl Timms did, haircut, but, but I was there and I was very glad I could go. It's the annual uh, cynicism dinner. so all, oh, yeah, It's all, biannual now. And, and there's talk of it being a three or four time a year event. All now. the cynics get together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that. Bemoan the, bemoan the paper, but then still united by their love of it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit it's of that. It's a weird cult sort of life. And that's up. including the people still there. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And you, you are. Seen, you are seen with your arm around Scotty Gullen. Yep, old mate of mine. Yep. Now that's career suicide for Scott at the Herald Sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad decision for Scott. If he's not in at HR this morning saying, how long have you and, two been friends for? And equally for me too, given the amount of crap, and I'm saying crap that he writes about the products I work on on you, Channel 9. You, you are arm in arm in him. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like See, being, we can distance those those issues we've got, Hutchie, with the, these nights news because we go are, way back. News Limited are at war with their former favourite son, you. And yeah, and every every product, every I, program I work on, on Channel Nine, Scott 
gives the treatment to, and Triple M, I think unfairly, doesn't balance it up. Extraordinarily risky for Scott. I and me. I, I don't know if he knew that you were creeping in to put your arm around him in the photo, <laughs> but that's on the public record. Uh, Daryl Timms looks the only one at home there because he's retired, so he could care less about the politics. Paul Goff, the same. Coffee. Um, Adam Hamilton up there at the back, I can see. Yep. Billy Cotton's in the picture. Uh, Glenn McFarlane, Jeff Polder, Jeff Polder Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Matthews. Beast, the beast there. Yep. So there's a whole lot What's of naming? there's a whole lot of uh, great journalists there who and good people too, who remain you? cynical. And yep. But that's Boyd Champness. My advice to you, uh, Scott, get yourself away from Damo and the happy picks. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to travel well. well. We'll put that up on our socials as well. We've got spies too, and 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 while we're on this theme, Hachi. We both got sent this, and you know who sent it to us. As a very, a very observant and very um, um, analytical person when it comes to, to media, this is a new chain of events for the, the said publication, Herald Sun, using another publication's quotes to basically refute their own quotes, but to give it a fresh life online. Explain that to me. Daily Mail quotes refuting their own story. It re- pertains to the Andy Lee house that he's oh, bought somewhere. Yeah, it's been somewhere. A weird one, isn't it? Have you seen it? He's everywhere at the moment. He yeah. bought this house about four years ago, didn't he? Yeah. What it was. And now he's it's become a story. He's going to renovate it. Yeah. Yep. So the way it's been sent to us, and we, as we never do on this show, we will never name names because we get a lot of good support behind the scenes. This is a good one for you guys. They are refuting their own story with quotes from the Daily Mail. So it goes on. <laughs> now, it, this is part of the story. It, it apparently enraged some locals. This is the Andy Lee renovation. Yep. With the Herald Sun reporting last month that several neighbours had gone so far as to lodge formal complaints with local council. It goes on a bit. But this is the paragraph that we want to raise here and we've been referred to. But in a surprising development, several others have now spoken to the Daily Mail about their enthusiasm for the project, <laughs> claiming they're tired of looking at the, quote, <laughs> disgusting current yep. state of the house, describing it as a, as a dump. Yep. And those quotes from the Daily Mail, which refuted the Herald Sun story initially, were used as the clickbait element <laughs> to the new story. <laughs> oh, come on. We've done full circle. It's just, the story just spins in a circle, isn't it? Oh, come it just on. generates clicks. Yeah. The other thing that's generating clicks at the moment is when you – speaking of Andy Lee, so – Andy Lee was joking with the Channel 9 publicist on his Instagram. And he, they, the publicist said something and Andy goes, ha, ah, you couldn't send me Scott Cam or something, could you? It. <laughs> it was a joke. But it was in the thread of the Instagram, right? <laughs> right. And the Herald Sun grabbed the Instagram comments. Yeah. Andy Lee calls in TV big guns. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, gee, that's, that's pretty ballsy. He's rang Scott Cam. I didn't realize. I was, I, it got me. I started reading it. Like, how's he got Scott Cam to build the house? And it turns out it was a, it's an Instagram joke with the publicist. <laughs> you know, there's 75 comments on the Instagram, and he's comment 62 going, oh, couldn't send me Scott Cam as a joke. Which is a good lie. With the life emoji little um, laughter faces. <laughs> and that's, that's become the, the new story. <laughs> Uh, yeah. right. Hey, Damo. Um, yes. Wild card round. And? Just going to sip on a little cigar here and just reflect. Why? You've been hammering me about this for years and years. Yeah. It's got no traction, Hutchie. It's, it's get, just been thrown out there. It's getting up. It's not happening. It's getting up. It's not happening. How disappointed will you be? I shattered. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk seriously about it for a moment. Yeah. I, I've always got the fanfare around it, and I know what it would do for that particular weekend in question. I, I get that, but I just cannot remove myself, Hutchie, from looking at, the, it, this, at this quite simplistically, and that is there's 18 teams, a lot of teams, a lot of teams, 
who played 23 matches yep. in a very, very flawed fixture. It is a fixture. It is not a draw. It is a fixture. It is already flawed. There are inadequacies. There are, are inequities already in the 23 matches. It's 23 matches this year over 24 weeks. There are 18 teams. We then make them go through this 23-match period with inequities to get down to, wait for it, drum roll, eight teams out of 18. And you want to extend it to more than half the 18 by way of keeping alive playoff yep. possibilities. Yes. Yeah, it just makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. We're in the entertainment business. You are such a compliance guy. No, I'm not. Don't you? You, know, you know what you would... I try and stick to what's true and, 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 and real and valid when it comes to competition. You know what... It's already unfair. You know what better job? You know the perfect job you should have had? You know Tats Lotto? You know that Tats You've already gone this long with some of the people. Yeah. Don't say I should be the one on the TV. You're a government supervisor and... on Tats Lotto. <laughs> Actually, you're you one of the that, three. I've heard you use that, that rubbish line that's, on many people over many years. That's don't, you. Don't start that one again. You are all about this um, mistake well, 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 of well, compliance. And compliance and try and live live to, to a certain set of values that should be held true for most people. We, you, we have you've got a problem with that, haven't we you? Have 18 well, no, you do. We have 18 teams. We have a culture where 17 are perceived to fail every year. Yeah. We, we, you win or you don't in our game. Yeah, but you're still allowing eight to feel they could. The 10 that can't make the finals is don't too, des- don't deserve to too many and it, and it suffocates and oh, hang on. It's nearly hard. oppresses their businesses. You're saying 10, 10 out of 18 10 can't and you're, you're still feeling sorry for them. And You've got 23 matches to, to rectify. And we've got this beautiful real estate sitting there at the end of August with a weekend off that is unused in season that yeah. ne- it absolutely needs to be used. Yeah. And... If you finish seventh or below, I have no problem with you having to win five games to win the premiership. I'll tell you what, I'll buy into this wildcard round if you make it a, a, a play between the teams in the top eight, but not beyond the top eight. If you want to make it, say, seventh and eighth or sixth. For, I, I, I don't, it's in, it's, Hachi, when, when they talk about wildcard, and this is where it started, well, and because you're obsessed with the States and were for a long time well, before what, a lot of people, there's 32 teams in the NFL and by the time they stretch out wild cards, they only get to 12 when it comes to teams alive in that playoff sense. There's 30 teams in the NBA, and correct me if I'm wrong, even with the wild cards the way they play out, we only get to 10, who, don't we? Who cares how many teams well, play in the finals? Well, 10 out of 30 is better, who, who than, better, if, better than 10 out of 18. But who cares if 16 or 17 or 18 teams play in the finals? So long as the barriers are who there. Who cares? I do. I, I do, actually. So long as the barriers are there. You've got 23 to, weeks to sort it out. Yeah, but the barriers are there to reflect your seeding and the, and the difference and the difficulty of winning. Okay, Hawthorne's 16th and has beaten the team that's sitting third. What if that happened in a wildcard scenario? The, that's not fair. The way the the way this is stacked, you'll need to win five games to win the flag, seventh or below. The Bulldogs are the only ones I can remember who won from seventh. They won four games. Yep. That Under the current system, they're the only ones who, to prob- go all the way and win. Yeah, I don't think 2016 happens in this model because the Bulldogs got to win five and they didn't get the rest. So it would have it changed one premiership, I think, 2016. It, it's become even harder to win the flag from the bottom, but it extends the entertainment product further, and it does keep the season alive. And you look at the season we've got now with teams down to 13 or 14 playing it out. It's the most open season we've had If our, in if the our objective era. as a code is the best product, it stops clubs putting in players for surgery earlier and setting fire to their seasons quicker. It sells hope to fans. It's two marquee matches. I, I love it. And what it really is is a play-in tournament. It's not a wild card weekend. It's a, it's, it's a play-in tournament to make the finals. Yeah, but seven got, v ten. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what a play in tournament to make the finals is is it's called the twenty three rounds of the season you've got. Yep, we're, and, we're never going to agree on this. No, we're not. I guarantee you one thing: when yeah. it happens, yeah, you'll be like, "Gee, how good's this?" 
No, what? Oh, I didn't know this was going to be so good. No, yeah. no, no. Don't tell Actually, me I remember what I you do. mentioning something about this along the way. I just yeah. said to you, I get the fanfare around it. And if, if that is part yeah. of the system, of course I'll cover it like I do everything and embrace what's there. But I will, we'll have a an ideological difference with it. Absolutely. We're seeing now the NBA running in-season tournaments, which count for points as How, well as – How does that work? Well, they're having um, – this, this is going to be a huge trend in world sport, by the way – in-season tournaments where there's a series of mini-matches that count for premiership points, but also count for an in-season um, prestigious tournament of whatever description. The EPL are going into that as well. We're going to see a lot more of it. Yeah. I'm all about innovation. Yeah. But how would that work in the already highly and heavily and ridiculously compromised AFL fixturing when, when you've got 18 teams playing 23 matches and, and certain parameters on yeah. how well, and when well, and where? Two years ago, you would have said, don't talk to me about gather round, and then there you are at the front, the table one no, no, ace. Don't, tell, there what I, don't tell me what I said. That's a you, straight steal from the NRL. Once once things happen, you you tend to come full circle. Stop treating this show and using me in examples that don't exist, Hutchie, please. Hey, there's many ways to get through the winter. Right? We know that the the reporting season's very long. Yep. And there's been a, a lot of people get overseas in June, July, or have a break or get away. Uh, you're trying to stay relevant. And have a break and say fresh. The, the, some people have gone the other way. They've just gone full scale f- frame in us. <laughs> As a way to get through winter. As a way to get through winter. <laughs> um, we saw an extraordinary double prong frame in yesterday. Mitch Cleary and Alistair Clarkson. It was unbelievable. 50% share of screen, I thought, for Mitch. <laughs> there was a point there where I thought Alistair was interviewing Mitch. <laughs> Tony Jones at Wimbledon has been on a framing <laughs> mission. Yeah. <laughs> a framing mission. Well, isn't he, As the debate rages isn't around Nathan the night. calls him two-shot Tony or Kane yeah. calls him two-shot Tony? Well, he's gone. He, he's, well, he's picked his own cameraman. <laughs> and on the plane over, he said, listen, um, John, you're the cameraman. Um, you're here for one reason. <laughs> I want to be in every shot. <laughs> Bar none. And he didn't have a great tournament this yep. year compared with 2022 because of Nick Kyrgios's run through last year's event. He 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 actually framed himself into all those yep. shots all the way through to the final. He did. Yeah, he didn't have that this year. Couldn't latch on to anyone this year. No, his framing yeah. work was – he is a great framer. His frame is good. Yeah, he's a great framer. Hey, um, tell me, me did yeah. you see the um, Herald Sun story on Peter yeah. Hitchner's feature on – Saturday? I saw a headline and saying... did you see the reaction to it? No, but someone told me about this. Take me through this, please. The Herald Sun ran a... Um, I would say it was a hypothetical story. It was a wouldn't-it-be-interesting style yarn if Peter Hitchner chose to retire at the end of the year after 50 years on the seat and all of those things. And it was a, it was repackaged in a way that it was... It'd be a nice way to go out. and was, was it a backhanded compliment, I thought. Right. Um, a little bit. I, saw, I did see it, on, it didn't, on, online and and in the paper. I didn't read it. It didn't have any comments in it or any substance or any you know, not quite anyone saying. I thought it would be a good time for him to go. But he, Peter, reacted quickly, and and I, I and he's, think he's quick. He is quick on social media. Straight away. I'm not, first. I heard about ten minutes later. I'm not going anywhere. I want to be here for years. Put the pressure back on the story. Um, really? It was a it was a strong way to respond. I was just interested in what your view of it was. Well, again, I was aware of it. I hadn't seen that, so. What did he actually say? Just not happening. And he went again the next day. And so, like, people that underestimate Peter Hitchener, mm. he, he is um, – that was the exact right thing to do. Attack that front on, head on. Mm. I think he's unbelievable what he does. You know, I'm a massive – as you are, a massive fan. And oh, yeah. just wanted to lend my support to Hitch for his – why he reacted to the – Okay, I'll go. I'll go and read that. I didn't. I, I wasn't made aware of it. I wasn't uh, aware of the actual contents of it, Hutchie. Hey, um, Australian Financial 
review reporting this week that the uh, the better agency, the News Limited organisation, struggling to sell itself. The AFR reports the the sales process of online bookmaker Better, backed by News Corp and high-profile businessman Matthew Tripp, has stalled after advanced talks with London-listed wagering giant Entain fell through. Entain was considering a $40 million investment to acquire a stake in Better and buy out shareholders close to Tripp. However, Entain decided not to proceed with the transaction. And Entain... I think we see in Australia under the uh, Neds Labrokes and, and Ladbrokes yep. banner. Yep. yep. So that that sounds like they're not the they're not a buyer or the well, buyer. Will they have a buyer? Because you know I've been very sceptical about News Limited getting into the bookmaking space. Well, I think they're out though, aren't they? I don't think they're still in. They business. actually out, are they? Yeah. I, I don't. Well, I don't think they've been. They may still have some shares, but they, how, they, much they, would, how much would they have lost on that? Well, given it lasted, if you read the, the best f- part of nine months, didn't it? Or, well, if you read the financial pages, they walked away in January from board and. Financial investment. I don't know that. The they couldn't, they couldn't have possibly made money on that. I wouldn't have thought. Um, but it, it but they thought they were going to make millions. It doesn't. I, I wouldn't. What I would say to this is, you wouldn't underestimate Matt Tripp here, and in, I wouldn't underestimate in, Matt Tripp. In, in, in no, a move or but I would a, underestimate. A I would underestimate News Limited thinking it was going to be a bookmaker in a pretty busy space. I think they got further decisions, and to then make. write articles about the evils of gambling as well when it suits them. Oh, you, no, no, you got me. You started it. You started it. Broken record on this. What did you I make disagree. of the um, Andrew Forrest uh, reporting, Hutch? I, I asked this because um, on social media yesterday, Mark Di Stefano. This is the first time I've heard about a scoop being nicked by a rival, literally off the printing presses of the newspaper, and that's in response to this article in the Australian Financial Review, where the Australian Financial Review is printed in that state, on the presses of the West's Seven West Media. Yep. The Financial Review sent the electronic layout of last Wednesday's paper. This is according to one version of events. Including news of the separation, that's the Andrew Forrest separation, combined with a joint statement to the presses at 7.30pm Sydney time. By 8.03pm, the story was published on the website. Just one minute later, the West published an, quote, exclusive about the separation with the publication's editor-in-chief, Anthony DeSilly, Tweeting big story from the West Australian. That's one way. And again, I, I've got no idea so if any of that's true, but that, that's that's a that's a harsh way of getting beaten on a story. If indeed it's played out that way, isn't it? Well, the the masthead's editor in chief, Michael Stutchbury, went on to comment on it, didn't he? He, he was. I probably should complete the reading. It did. Here's a question posed: Did the printing press staff see the front page come in and alert the West newsroom? The masthead's editor in chief, Michael Stutchbury, was asked about it by another business publication in WA last week. Big scoop by the West Australian, question mark. Not, he said. The West ran a rushed, bare bones first take exclusive, sourced from I wonder where, he added. The silly said it sounded like the financial world oh, was, quote, having a winch. I have a very strong view on this. <laughs> yep. Fair game. <laughs> I knew you'd have a different view of mine. <laughs> the, if the printing press are getting it, let's say, say you had a, say you news, say the printing press is in your building, right? Yep. And say another paper is coming in to be printed. That, that, to me, strikes as a very good target for a potential source of stories. You'd go and win that person over. You'd say, have you seen anything come through on the fin? Given given that the timing of requirements to print the financial yep. review would be different from the specific I, requirements of the WA uh, yep. time, given they're two hours behind the Eastern a, Seaboard. A printing press person is as good a source as any, don't they? <laughs> if they're prepared to give you, hey, heads up, you read your top, this is how it would have gone. Where, where, hey, heads up. You told me to look out for anything that comes in on the fin. Well, I might have one here. Guess what they've got in the front? What? The forests are off. What? Oh, you better text me the details. We'll pick that up. Don't worry. We'll source it as our own from here. Where, where would that 
fit? And how would you describe that on our list of sources? Is it impeccable? Well, is it I've, intimate? Is I've, it because I've sources hung the boots in the up note? 10, 12 years ago. You yeah. know my view on the best sources are those as far removed from the action, but with a relevant set of eyes. Yep. So like gardeners in and uh, car park attendants and all this type of characters. Yep. The printing press person is as good as any demo. They're seeing news come through their hands. <laughs> And they're not necessarily loyal to the subject or source of it. They are very vulnerable to sharing information. I say, fair game. <laughs> fair enough, too. Let's head to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Might do a double whammy this week. Always really good questions for question of the week uh, options. Uh, this one's from Nick. I'll get you to answer this one, Hutchie. This is your space more than mine. Are individual media figures now even more important than the corporations that employ these figures? I think it's a really good sounding board question. That We've talked about this along the way. We have. Yeah. The, Not, yeah. the answer's no. but I would argue the answer could be yes soon. But the balance of power between um, opinionist talent and publisher is, is changing all the time. Yep. And, and in the States... I think you could argue that it is, certainly on some individuals. Stephen A. Smith, for yep. example. Skip Bayless, another example. Would you argue that? No, the, the delta always is that the publisher and I'd is... I'd Colin Cowherd, too. Yep. Yeah. Who, who's going to get that chair, by the way, next to Skip Bayless? Has that been announced? I don't know. I've, I've stopped watching He's pitching Shaq, wasn't I'm he? Off, uh, yeah. I'm off Skip. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. He still generates content. Do you know what we need, Damo? What do we need? We need an NFL Sunday. Yeah, we do, actually. Yeah. Have you, yeah. got, you got any window this year? Yeah. Uh, no, but I was actually talking to someone at that gathering you just mentioned last night about maybe um, 2024. I know it's a long way away. Well, oh, you've written this summer off. I don't think I can make it this summer. Really? Yeah. Well, are you going, are you? Well, we, I, we, we I won't take this offline, but... I haven't yeah. cast my mind to it, but... All right. Cheers, actually, you've got me thinking about it. Just breeze in somewhere. A Luger's steak. Oh, actually, <laughs> let's take it offline. Hey, uh, Luke, the other one, Luke Brigden. Uh, with yep. the AFLW releasing their fixture so close to the season and only 10 games played in an 18-team league, how would Hutchie have planned out and scheduled the AFLW fixture if he was in I'm charge? a fan of the start date, Luke. You'll recall that that was something I we, think you we, flagged we, that we pushed. possibly put it yep. into people's heads, that it would start in that week where the yep. men's season shuts down after round 23 before the final start. Just give it time and... It will build. After round 24 this yep. year. I think the FIFA Women's World Cup will be a tremendous month of elite content. Starting Thursday, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going out for the game. I can't wait tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. And, and then that'll set the tone for, you know, I, I think it'll be a, a shot in the arm of elite female, female, sport. female sport in Australia. Yep. yep. The, the, the number of games played, again, it's a bit, getting a bit specific to this competition. We mostly specialise in AFL for, uh, for NRL listeners here, Hutchie. But the 10 matches, the athletes themselves wanted more? Yeah, well, the game probably is best. The game can't afford much more than 10 at the moment. Yeah, and that's, that's, I agree with that. On the metrics that are being presented yeah, to the clubs, yeah. I'm encouraged that the athletes are getting paid um, significantly more. It's not perfect yet, but it's better. Yeah. And that's, that's a good sign. And I think this window is the best chance it has to keep building. Yep. Um, but we're going to play the long game. We're going through the period of thinning out the talent, by the way. So they've gone to 18 teams, which means the talent thins out. The the standard and the quality of the athlete gets better 10, 15, 20% every year because we've got a young uh, range of athletes coming through who... Uh, Who've grown up with it. Who, who that's, all growing, that's all they've known. They're growing up with, yep. it, with it as a goal yep. as opposed to a, a remote possibility. So, yeah, let's play the long game. Yep. All right. That what did you think of Stuart G bobbing up the Australian cricket team? Can I ask that? I... Couldn't get my head around it. Yep. If, on a number of fronts. Yeah. 
I don't know why he's doing it. Again, it's not for me to, I mean, no one cares what I think about it, but you've asked me. Um, yeah. And are we assuming it's the Travis Head connection? I have no idea. I, nah. Is that who it is? Well, maybe it's the South Australian kid. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, he's, he's had his name thrown up, Travis, as, we, as we're talking this morning. We, yeah. we, we don't know what the answer is, but I don't know. I mean, does, do, you, do you want an outsider? Again, I don't know what he's doing with meetings, but do you want an outsider coming in for the most important Arguably, test match of your lives, as you know, as 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 we go into that this fourth test, they're two one up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just odd, wasn't it? I'm sure he's not influencing match decisions, but I don't know. They're, they're inner sanctums, and I suppose there's a, a mutual respect on all inner sanctums, aren't they? That that won't disrupt operations. But pretty good racket if you can just take off and yeah, find just a breeze in Australian tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, good. Maybe one of the uh, maybe Alex Carey could interview him. Yep, he hasn't, he hasn't spoken yet. Just to wrap, just to close the show, the, the decision for me to be at the end of the photo at the Herald Sun, were you, hope, <laughs> were you hoping not I to- I think I'd come back from buying a round of drinks and wasn't where the photo was being taken, hence where I was positioned. Were you hoping not to be in the shot or were you- um, Hoping for there not to be a photograph taken, yep. actually, in case it could end up in someone's hands, i.e. yours. I've never, I've never known someone who complained so much about someone that was so great to them and you get together twice a year to reflect on those times so like getting- you. It's getting together with the friends I made, Hutchie, in the joint. <laughs> that was uh, episode 25, series eight, Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.